got some of the great food that's out there for the fathers, but I think the mothers and everyone else could share in the glory of the biscuits and gravy. <laughs> it's an extra special day for me because my dad got to come and visit me from Omaha. So um, we welcome you if you're new to Hill City. Thank you for being here. And uh, we just ask you all if you'd like to join us in worship this morning. You were the word at the beginning, one with God, the Lord most high. Your hidden glory in creation, now revealed 
today can be a hard day for a lot of people um, because, you know, you might not have a father or you might struggle with your relationship with your father. Your relationship might be non-existent. Um, and a lot of times we can project those feelings um, that we feel towards our earthly fathers. We can project that towards our, our heavenly father and that can put a wedge in our relationship with God because you don't understand, you can't comprehend how to be loved like that because it was it was a really hard thing to be modeled in your life. And uh, I just want to remind you today that there is a heavenly father who loves you so much, who fights for you every day, we talk about it all the time. He chases you. His love pursues you constantly. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Don't let relationships here hinder what you can have with your heavenly father because there is no relationship that can replace what God can fill in your life. No thing can fill that, that void, that hole that you need filled in your life today. Only relationship with God can fill that hole because that's what's missing. It's so fitting too that we're going through the book of Psalms of the church right now because the whole book of Psalms is filled with examples of people who live a life of struggle, a life of battles. And downs just like us. It's modeled for us right there in the Word of God. Um, but the one thing that runs true through the book of Psalms is that God is our place of refuge. He is our strength. He is our source. We can't live this life alone. We can't live this life without Him. And He knows that. That's why He models those things for us in His Word. This last song we're going to sing today is about finding our solace, finding our refuge in God, letting God fight our battles for us. Before we sing today, I just want to read this over you. This is from Psalm 59, verse 9. It says, God, my strength, I am looking to you because God is my defender. My God loves me, and he goes in front of me. He will help me defeat my enemies. Verse 16 says, But I will sing about your strength. In the morning, I will sing about your love. You are my defender, my place of safety in times of trouble. God, my strength, I will sing praises to you. God, my defender, you are the God who loves me.
one more time. All I'll do is praise. Sing, all I'll do is worship. All I'll do is worship. I'm just going to bow down. I'm just going to bow down. I'm just going to stay still. I'm just going to let you work one more minute because I know that you're doing something right now. There's a spirit of peace circulating in this place right now. God wants to be that peace in your life. Let him be that quiet place. Let him be that, that refuge in your time of trouble. This place, this place right here, this what you feel right now, let God be this place for you. Just close your eyes for a moment. Just let God love on you. He's here to meet with you today. Those that are broken, those that are lonely, those that are desperate. God is here. He loves you so much. Moves in this place right now. Move by your spirit. God, we thank you for this day, God. We thank you for the message of Jesus, God, that there's, there's hope, there's redemption. God, that we're falling, that you put us back together, God. And we believe that today, God. We just, our posture right now this morning is towards you, God. Lord, that we give the rest of this service to you, God, that we would understand who you are, Father. I thank you for this time of worship. I thank you for the worship team. We thank you for being our Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, you guys can be seated. Tell the person hi to you real quick. Tell the person next to you hi. Good morning. 
Sorry, that's too much talking. No, I'm just kidding. I, I can't, can you help me with this? <laughs> I will fail at that. Thanks, Candace. It's Father's Day, so I won't say Father's Day. I'll let some other. Oh, see, you're, you're doing a great job. Cool. How's everyone doing? Good? A little chilly? Everyone's like, it's cold now. No, my air conditioner's been out all summer, so anybody want to come help me fix it? No, I'm just kidding. I'm like, hey, I got sprinkler shoes. Anybody want to come to my house? I'm not, I don't need any help. We're good. It's, uh, it's nice this week. Um, I want to do a few quick announcements. Uh, if it's your first time, welcome. Uh, my name is Paul, part of the leadership team here. And uh, if there's any questions, if, if, uh, if we can help you at all, um, if you want to learn more about Hill City, our systems, what we do, why we do it, um, we're here to answer any questions. We have a table out there, or any of us uh, wearing shirts or... Uh, or John, or, or us. We're, we're here. We're glad you're here, and I um, hope you're all well. Uh, just, I'm going to do all my announcements are going to be for guys this morning. Is that okay? Thanks, guys. <laughs> the girls are quiet. All right. <laughs> I think it's just how it worked out. So uh, just a, a few quick announcements. One is we have our monthly men's breakfast that we do every month, hence monthly, uh, at the, uh, the prestigious IHOP on 104th and uh, I-25, so we're, uh, I think that's coming up July 7th in a couple weeks, and I really encourage you guys to come. It's awesome. The food is amazing, and I think it's it's turning to IHOB, I've heard. Has anybody heard that? IHOB, International House of Burgers. So if you want to come at 7 a.m. for a burger, you can come do that, um, but we have a reserved room. We have a really good time. I got to sit with Paul and Terry and, uh, and Kenny, uh, Kyle, uh, last week. That never happens, right? It's Kyle Denny. Steve could just put the two words together. Um, but we have a, we just have a really good time, uh, and it's a really good way to get plugged in and just uh, connect with other men in the church. So uh, it's real casual, uh, and you just come and uh, and enjoy some amazing pancakes. Um, if you want more information, it's on our app. It's on Facebook. So just look it up. It's real, real easy. Uh, second thing is, uh, there's there's several of us that go through a reading plan on the uh, the YouVersion app. I just want to throw this out for the guys. Uh, John, you administer it, right? Uh, so we're going through a 14 day. Uh, prayer, um, um, prayer, sort of uh, reflection and reading. It's by Tim Keller, and it's it's on the app. It's on your phone, and we we go through a devotional. We read the scripture, and we even comment back to each other. So, as men, if you're looking for something just kind of to to connect with others, maybe virtually, not on a on a Sunday morning, uh, we do have that as well. If you guys are interested, just shoot a quick note to John uh, uh, John at myhillcity.org. Is that okay? I get your email address. Too late. I gave it out. Uh, John at myhillcity.org, John at myhillcity.org. If you want to get on that, just, just uh, we'll, we'll welcome all men. We, we just really, um, I really enjoy that. Uh, I couldn't sleep last night, so I was up at 1 in the morning uh, reading through the Psalms, and uh, it, was, it, was, it was beautiful. So uh, just know that those out there for the guys to connect it. The third thing is coming up August 18th, uh, raise, your, raise your hand, Kyle. We have, um, this is Kyle Denny over here. He's a cool guy. Uh, he went eight miles running yesterday, Isaac. Did you run it all yesterday? You did? Okay, I didn't run, so. He's like, I ran eight miles yesterday and four this morning. I'm like, I didn't do anything, so. Uh, but we have Life of, there's a, there's, a, there's a program called Life of Valor, if you've ever heard of it. Um, it's, uh, go to lifeofvalor.com. We actually pre-purchased tickets, or Kyle did. <laughs> and so uh, if, if you'd like to join us, that's August 18th at the First Bank Center. It's just a one, one afternoon for men to come together and really just get charged up, learn from a, a Navy SEAL who's the founder of it. And there's a lot more information on their website. But uh, you got a couple months, but uh, please reach out to Kyle. Uh, he'll be out there uh, if you guys are interested in going. And then last but not least, we have a new, another a father who just became a father for the second time. Uh, so Franco and Heidi just had their, uh, their baby. So give them a hand. We'll welcome them more formally when they're here because they're home because they just had the baby. Uh, on Tuesday, Jacob Francisco Argeta. It's a good name. Uh, and so uh, he was born on Tuesday afternoon at 6 pounds, 14 ounces. And uh, so we're really proud of them. And uh, Franco did a really good job. No, just kidding. Heidi did. I tell Franco, good job. You really, uh, you really nailed it. Um, but he, uh, no, but everything went well with the pregnancy. And, and they're home now. And uh, they're home with baby number two. So um, we welcome new life at Hill City. So you guys can come forward. We're going to continue in our giving. And um, we'll go from there. God, thank you for this morning, for your presence in this place. Thank you for the worship, God, that we can just get lost in your presence, God. And I pray that. The more that we learn about you, Father, through our experience and through hearing from the word of God, these words that we sing on these, on these slides, God, and through these songs, God, they're not just meant to be robotic and just sort of 
repeat words, God, but that we, we really take in the fullness of your gospel, the fullness of who you are, God, so that those words ring true, those words resonate, they echo in our heart, and they mean something, God. So I just pray right now that we would tune in all our receptors, all our, all our um, senses, God, our, our, our eyes, our ears, our brain, God, everything, God, right now to just listen and focus to Pastor John. He brings the word of God that we may be changed this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you can show that video real quick. All right. Show that video real quick. Or not quick. Hello. I just want to let you know about a beautiful opportunity in the month of June. We want to partner with Urban Outreach Denver who serve the homeless and those who are in need uh, with community dinners, with clothes and things like that. But we want to further expand their reach and their impact of families and children in that area by helping them with their kitchen area, creating a uh, um, walk-in refrigerator, maybe freezer and different areas like that. And what that would allow Urban Outreach to do is start a, um, um, a food bank and a distribution center and it's so that they can further reach and impact that community. I know that uh, we just ended the series, Won't You Be My Neighbor, a neighboring series. I believe this is one way your generosity can impact those right around you. So please join us this month in your giving. I want you to prayerfully think uh, and be generous in impacting those around you practically. God bless you and join us. Welcome. If you're guests, thank you for being here. My name is John, and uh, that guy is just so handsome up there. I don't know who he is, but it's just a very good, uh, uh, just, it was just perfect. It was perfect. Uh, but uh, like Paul said, if you're a guest, we have a gift for you at the guest table, and it's a decorative cup right there for you. And uh, today we're continuing the series uh, called Summer Jams, which we are talking about. Uh, the It says the hits and the deep cuts from the book of Psalms. And Part two, we're doing Dads Are Rad, all right? Dads Are Rad. I thought of that all by myself. Yeah, thank you. See, that's why I need help. I need your prayers. Or you're going to get more uh, comments like that. But we're going uh, through the book of Psalms, and, and we're just learning. And Psalms opened up last week. We opened up the book of Psalms, chapter 1. And the whole book of Psalms starts with one word. It says blessed. And that word blessed, or ashray, means the word happy. Happy. It talks about your joy. And, and we think our joy. Oh, tell me about my joy. I know about my joy. But God's like, no, I know about your joy. Even today when Jen was speaking about when we worship that God wins our battles. And it's funny. We're like, oh, yeah, God needs my worship. God doesn't really need our worship. We don't sound that good. I mean, we sound good, but it's not that good. Can you imagine being surrounded in heaven by angels of choirs? Or, or He could have whatever he wants. He could have 80s boomboxes playing worship all over the place, and it would be beautiful. He doesn't need our worship. Then why does he draw us into worship when he doesn't need our worship? Maybe, just maybe, we need to worship because we were made to worship. And in our worship, there is freedom. In our worship, there is fullness because we all worship something. We do. This is the same thing the, uh, the junior high class is learning right now. We all worship something. And God draws us into worship, maybe not for himself, but maybe understanding how we are created. Because we were created by God for God. And it's the best thing for us. And that's how the book of Psalms opens up. Psalms are full of poems and prayers and, and, and it's songs. And last week I, I told you as, you're, as you are uh, praying or just spending time with God just to write a song if you can or a poem. I don't know if you guys ever tried to write something. Uh, and uh, it's, uh, some of you guys are natural. Some of you guys are like, what is this? What is this? this is, but it's really good to kind of just put your thoughts and your feelings and, and the things that you're facing actually 
on pen and paper. What's, what we're dealing on the inside of us. Because a lot, we live in a culture where we're not told to fully describe what's going on in the inside. We say, oh, no, everything's at bay, you know. But sometimes we got to understand ourselves. There has to be some self-actualization, self-awareness. And I, I have been talking about self-awareness a lot because I believe the Christian church sometimes is, a, is so not aware. It hasn't been pushed enough. But when you read through the book of Psalms, these people seem very honest. They're Psalms of depression. That's right. Psalms of depression. You're like, what? That's in there? That's in there. Right? We talked a little about it last week. There's Psalms of defeat. Right? I thought it was just about victory and singing happy songs. No, this is not Barney, right? It's not I love you, you love me. Sometimes that's how we describe Christian Psalms. That's not the Psalms in this book. There's Psalms of a man who cheated on his wife, then killed his best friend in there. And then he's coming to God very broken. There's a song like that in there. So these are very honest moments of self-awareness, maybe just dealing with ourselves and say, God, can you even love me? Can you even be with me? God, is this, God, can I, can you even save my soul? Can you restore the joy of salvation once again? It's your salvation. It's not even mine. And there's these beautiful, harsh, strong, light, levity, heavy psalms and songs. And I love songs. If you ever get on the radio, because it, I, it, I can understand what the person is going through. And it really draws me in. And I, I want to talk to men, especially men. Some of, some of us and many of us, uh, many women as well, we think emotions are the enemy. It's not the enemy. It's not the enemy. Many men and women, we, we were taught to push them away. But it, it, emotions are also indicators of our spiritual well-being. I know. We don't say that. You don't hear that a lot. But they are. Why do you feel those things? Something's wrong. Why do you feel pain, like physically? Because something's cut in your body. Or you ran eight miles, right? Right? Or you ran one mile, and then I really hurt for the next three days. Because I don't run, right? I was like, these guys, they always tell me, you should run. So I run, and it hurts. That's why I don't run, right? I was like, why why'd you tell me that? That wasn't fun. But in the same way, pain is a, is a signal, just like emotions, is a signal of what's going on. So let's pay attention to it. Emotions are not everything. Let's say that also. They're not everything, but they're something. So don't push them into the black hole of doom, all right? Because that's how I am. I can easily, I'm very good at pushing emotions away. Um, and I, I talked about it a lot last week about how I am not very good with my emotions. I stuff them down. And, and uh, there's moments in my life where I'm like, God, I want some emotion back. And there was pain that some of you and uh, we've gone through that we have shut off a part of our emotional well-being because of the pain or depression that we went through. And we shoved it so deep into whatever we went through that it's really hard to come back. It's really hard to come back. And I believe God is still healing me of emotional health. I, I, I tell you the story of my, the, my daughter being born, and I hold up my daughter, and all my friends are like, when your daughter's born, you're going to cry. So I held up my daughter, and I said, cry, John. Cry. I, like the, the Simba moment. I was like, nope, it's not in me. So I handed it back to the doctor. I said, sorry, Sianna, I couldn't even cry. I wanted to be in the moment, but because of pain in my past, I, I knocked off something in me that won't uh, allow me to go further. And I don't want you to do that. We think it's a strength. It's not. It, it's, it's now my weakness. I thought it was my strength. I'm like, dude, you can't affect me. And now I'm being affected because I'm not affected. Fun, right? But the God is still dealing with my pains in that way. And I want to honestly speak to you because this is how I heal too. I need to speak about my awareness of where I am, right? And so that's what the Psalms is. Today we're going to Psalm 127. We celebrate the word of God, right? Because we believe the word of God reveals Jesus and Jesus changes our lives. So we love the word of God. And so this is a psalm of a father. It's this beautiful moment. And, 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 and I was going to, I was like, all right, we're going to play cats in the cradle. No, I'm just kidding. You know, it's this really sad song. But I'm not going to play sad songs. There's beautiful songs about fathers and daughters and fathers and sons. I was, and, of course, I'm going to talk about John Mayer, daughters, right? And Stevie Wonder wrote a song about his daughter called Isn't She Lovely, 
It's not about his girl. It's about his little girl, right? And then the, the, uh, this is one of my favorite Will Smith song, Just the Two of Us. I'm like, Daddy loves you. That, that, that's what I do. I, I like that jam, right? And, and then if you country people, right, country song, There Goes My Life by Kenny Chesney. Uh, but there was these, I want to give you some backstory about Psalm 127 because it's a psalm of a father. He's talking to God. It's King Solomon, right? And he's, he has a, he's talking to God. And, and I just want to talk to you about King Solomon. This was a man who had too much. He was wise. He was rich. He, had these, he built these great monuments. He worked these diplomacy. That means his, his reach into other countries and other worlds were so deep. He was creative. He had technology advancements. He, he, he was famous and he had renown. Yet all his success, and this might speak to you right now, because we feel like our life is sold together, but with all our success, his soul was restless. He is known, this guy who had it all together, to be so restless. His writings are like, he would always write the word vanity. Man, all this, I think I'm wasting my time. He built great temples. We're like, you did so good. Let me, let me give you a hand, Solomon. He's like, oh, I, don't, I don't want it. I don't want it. He, he got and built everything he wanted, but his soul was so restless, and he struggled with the simple things of life. And I wonder in our struggle, sometimes our struggle is not brokenness. Sometimes our struggle is restlessness because we come to a place, and we've done all that we could do. We live in the house that we want to live. We have what we have. You drive your uh, Toyota Prius, and it's awesome, right? It's at 52 miles per gallon. You love it, and your guys make fun of you, but it's all right. It's, it's, it's baby blue. You like it right? But with all this, Solomon struggled with the simple things in life, like love, relationships, being a father, being a husband, being a, a brother. And so Psalm 27 is talking about this one thing. He says, do not labor in vain. And then we're about to go in there. And when I was, I was thinking about this Psalm 127, and it really started to convict me. Because in my life and in your life, I know we all have been there. We have labored in vain. We have done something and we have given so much to our, la in, to our labor, to our work. And, I, and, and there was a season of my life, and I actually, we were going through the same season, Paul and I. We've been, we've been doing ministry or church ministry because we all do ministry. Wherever you are, you're doing work. If you're a nurse or a teacher or if you're feeding the homeless with urban outreach or if you're speaking the message of God, we all are doing ministry. I just want to put that forward. This is not anything special. The special thing is that we all worship God. We all do ministry unto God, all right? And, and it's starting there. But uh, uh, there was a moment that, there was a moment in my life when Sianna, my youngest daughter, who is 12 now, she was very young. And I used to work at this company called Global Healthcare Exchange. And I would work there because we were short on people. And they were so busy. I would work there sometimes 50, 55, 60 hours a week. And then I would go work at church 20, 25, 30, just 25 hours a week, the most I could. And I was so gassed. I didn't take a day off. For over, I don't know how many years, years. And, and I was like, I'm doing this for God. I'm doing this for you, Lord, because I love you so much, right? And, and, and I, I was just draining myself, never resting, never spent time with my daughter because I was always working or working, right? And, and I look back, and I, oh, I always say to myself, I wish I didn't do it that way. And I, Paul, I remember Paul saying this to me one time, We're, I'm never doing that again, <laughs> We went to six services a week during that time while working 50, 60 hours. That is insanity, folks. And I did it because I said, oh, it's for the glory of God. Really, it was the glory of myself because I was trying to earn God's love because I thought that's how love was earned. And I was laboring in vain instead of accepting God's love for me just who I am. And that was very hard for me. I don't know if you grew up in a home where you had to earn love. Right? When you're doing good, your father's happy. Right? Your mom's happy. When you're doing bad, they're not happy. They look at you differently. And it was, everything was earned. And, and, and I, that's how I transitioned my relationship with God, like Jen was saying. And so this psalm is very much speaks to my heart. And it starts like this. Unless the Lord builds the house or the household, the family, the home. Those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stay awake in vain. 
It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil. And we have done this. We have, man, we are like eating and we just like feel like our, we're like robots. We're like, why? Why am I doing this? For he gives to his beloved, he gives to those he loves sleep or rest or the word sabbat. Behold, children, you are a heritage or inheritance from the Lord. The fruit of the womb, a reward. And I'm going to break this down real quick and I'm going to run right into it because dads don't like long sermons. No one has ever complained of a short sermon, right? I can just tell you that. They're like, man, that was long. But no one was like, man, that was too short, John. I need more, <laughs> right? So it's good. we're going to go fast. We're going to go fast. Let's break this down real quick. We can work really, really hard, build great things, and provide for everything. Little Ricky can go to his games, man. He can have access to everything. We can watch over him like a hawk, give him elbow pads and helmets and knee pads and everything that we can do. But as you know, it's not enough right? There is still so much we as parents, as guardians, as leaders cannot control. Isn't that true? We can't control everything. We try to control as much as we can, and then we lose control, and then we lose control, right? And we lose control of that, and then we lose control of our, our attitude sometimes. We can take on every hurt for our kids, every pain for each other, but at some point, hardship comes our way. Everyone faces conflict. Everyone does. That we, we, can't, we, can't, we can't cover everything. We need to come to a place and find and say, I'm not enough. I am not enough. I know this is hard for us control freaks. Some of you guys are such control Yeah, I'm enough, John. Don't, don't say that. Right? I can control everything. I am not enough. Unless the Lord builds the family, those who build it, labor in vain. My family needs someone far past me. They need an anchor that is stronger than what I can build because I will fail. I will. I will fail. God must build them, mold them, hold them, lead them. And what we need a foundation bigger than us because we fail. We go through failure. We as parents sometimes, we as leaders, we as household, we as individuals, we go through depression. We go through divorce. We go through failure at parenting. We fail at bringing peace into the home. This has nothing to do with the amount of effort either. Sometimes like, oh, you just need to work harder. No. You can work harder and still fail. That's what the psalm is saying. I worked really hard and failed. Right? So we as, as leaders, as parents, we need a giant neon sign saying, I am not enough. But we point at God and say, he is the source. I'm just a resource. Verse 2, it is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. Listen, Solomon's not saying be lazy. He's not saying that, right? This guy knows how to work. He knows how to lead a country. He knows how to build. Yet our working hard is not always the answer for our family, right? Sometimes it brings more anxiety. I grew up in a home. We grew up, I grew up in a Korean immigrant home, and we immigrated here in 85, right? And when we got here, we had nothing. My dad worked in a tofu factory. He was a chemical engineer. My mom worked at a coffee shop. She was a nurse. So we came over with so much clout in Korea and then nothing here in America. So we, my parents worked as hard as they could, 7 to 7, sometimes 7 to 9, every single day but Sunday. Every day, I would barely see my parents most of my life. And my mom, we looked back, and she's like, I don't know why I did that. <laughs> she's like, it's crazy. My mom is interesting. My mom has, uh, has uncurable cancer right now, but she's on medicine, so she's been kept alive. And she, she has a lot of questions about her own life. She's like, why did I do that? She, she's like, and, and she says this one thing to me. She's like, when I needed money, I didn't have any. Now I'm dying and I have all this money and I don't need it. It's so funny. We can come to a place where we think this is what I need, this is what I need, this is what I need. And you can look back in your life and like, what, what was I talking about? What was I doing? I, I wish I spent more time with you. She, she always, when we come together and we drink coffee, she always, always apologizes. I'm like, don't apologize for something we can't change. Let's move forward. Let's have these coffee meetings right now. And I make as many beautiful memories with my mom and dad now than I've ever made in the past. It's very strange, but I love it. I will take anything from what I can get. And I hope that you feel the same way. Let's not be in a place where we can't move forward because of something that happened in the past. Do it now, man. Do it now, ma'am. If right now, if we could do it, do it. Because there's a way we can work very hard and toil in vain. 
And I was just, I, I wanted to tell you that because, yes, our kids and our people need provision, but a lot of times they just need presence. Presence. God, teach those he loves how to rest in him. It was very interesting. And the Jewish people from the past to even now, they're known for their rest. That's what actually, the Sabbath uh, really uh, differentiated the Jews more than any other culture. Other cultures would work so hard and the Jews were like, nah, I'm off. They would even take a year off every seven years, right? I'm like, well, let's do that. <laughs> let's do that. I wish that was in our culture. But God gave them a pattern of life that we were supposed to also have a pattern of rest. Because God gives rest to his beloved. He gives them a way of slumber and sleep. And, 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 that's not, and I just want to say this. Saying no for now doesn't mean no forever, right? There's moments and seasons of life where we say yes. And there's moments and seasons of life where we say no. And saying no for now to the 100 sports you want to be a part of doesn't mean no forever. Saying no to the promotion that's going to take you away from your family now does not mean it's going to be no forever. No for the opportunity doesn't mean no forever. No for progress now doesn't mean no forever. We must know the season that we're in. Verse 3, behold. When you say behold, that means main part. Behold, children are a, her a heritage or an inheritance from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward. Your kids are a gift from God and to God. Every gift is a blessing, but it comes with a burden. Isn't that true? Every gift that you have, every blessing that you have in life is a burden. If you, if you got a new house or a big house, guess what? You got to clean that house. Isn't that true? You got a new car, you got to clean that new car. You got an old car, you might clean it. It's all good. It's already raggedy. It's all good. There's a hole in the seat. I, you can put stuff in the hole in the seat, right? Right? With every blessing comes a burden. With every blessing we ask from God comes also with a burden. So think about that in life because we want, bless me, bless me, bless me. And God's like, you can't handle that. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? We know this. Do you know, what was it? 85% of people who hit the lotto lose it all and are in worse positions in like two or three years. Most of us, we can't always handle the blessings that we think we can handle. Sometimes we need to understand the progress, the, 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 the progress of our lives. And the word inheritance is what you leave behind for the future. And our children and the people that we influence are maybe the greatest contribution that we will make to this world and to God. For non-parents, your leadership and your leading others and mentoring others is most likely our greatest contribution to God and to people. And think about that right now. We think about contributions to build this, build that. No. Some of our greatest contribution to the future, to the next generation, is who we build, not what we build. It's who we build. And with that in mind, I'm going to give you five quick points to dads, all right? And we'll be out of here. Number one, dads, thank you for impacting this world by your fathering. Your working hard matters. Your providing matters. Your teaching your children matters. Responsibility matters. Your loving means that others will be loved. Your loving means others will be taken care of. The future is better. God's love will be known to future generations because God, because dads are impacting this world by fathering. Dads, thank you for your sacrifice. Know that you're making a difference. Uh, William Wordsworth, that's a crazy triple W name, right, wrote this. The child is the father of a man, of the man. The child is the father of a man. I was like, what, what does that even mean? So I had to like, okay, I had to study this a little bit. Meaning the experiences which occur in our early formative years of life, experiences home, shapes the character and behavior of tomorrow's adult. And then tomorrow's world. Fathering matters. Number two, dads lead them to Jesus. This was the only this was the main thing that Jewish people did. In, in, in Deuteronomy 6, it tells you that our God is one. And then it says, you need to teach this to the next generation. 
This is our greatest role as fathers and as leaders. We show them how to follow Jesus. Some of us, uh, some of you guys are single moms and you have to be mom and dad. Some of you guys are single dads, you have to be dad and mom. And I know it's hard. And as your role is to show them how to follow Jesus, how to worship, how to respond rightly to pressure, how to seek and love God when it's hard, how to listen and obey, how to take care of people. You are the discipleship maker, not the church, not Hill City teachers. Not, it's not all these people. The people that are leaders of your children are you. We cannot give that responsibility off to someone else. You are, we are resources. We back you up. We encourage you. We push you. But what you say, and even greater, how you live and respond to God marks a child. It matters. Number three, dads, this is my favorite one. Learn to chill out. Learn to chill out. You are more than a provider, more than the law, more than the authority, more than the quiet guy after work. It's okay to be human and splurge on watching Stranger Things downstairs in the basement while eating ice cream. All right? It is totally okay. It's totally okay to disappear into the woods, get some quiet time, or to force your kids into a vow of silence for money. All right? It's okay. Some of you guys, you guys need to learn to smile. Some of you dads are way too serious. Like I talk to you, it's like a serious face. I'm like, should I smile? Should I not smile? But if I smile, maybe they will smile. Nope, they won't smile. Right? Learn to tell jokes. Not dirty jokes, but not corny jokes. All right? Learn to laugh loudly. Teach your kids to relax and rest. Have fun together. Don't, uh, this is one of my favorite quotes. Don't take yourself so seriously or people will think you're too serious and not take you seriously. I was, I was like, that's funny. That's funny. Take the cape off, the hard hat off, the boots off, whatever we need to hide behind, and be real. Share your story. And dads, learn, listen to moms and dads, share your struggles. You have commonality in your struggles even more than your strengths. Man, I talk to Asian men because we are the worst at sharing struggles. We like to share just uh, you want, you want to, let me tell you what I did. <laughs> let me tell you what I built. And this is like Korean culture to the max, too. Who knows? We, we, we like to talk a lot about what we are building and what we're doing instead of our struggles. But our struggles connect to one another. They do. Share your story. Number four, dads, different re- seasons require different roles. Make sure you look at the whole story. Enjoy the whole journey, not just this one moment. Think the long journey with your children. Think about what am I becoming? I think this is a very good question. What am I becoming? And if you can't answer this question, you better take some quiet moments and start asking yourself this question. I don't think we think enough. I think because we are so busy, we don't need to think. Someone thinks for us. Culture tells us this is what's next. This is what's next. This is what's next. I think sometimes we just need to stop and think. When was the last time you just stopped and think for a day? Jesus, in the mornings, would get away early and sit alone, alone, read the word, and just sit there and contemplate and listen to nature. Many times I go backpacking with the guys, and I will sit at the river for hours and just stare at it. And almost like refreshing, it clears my mind, and then I can breathe again. I feel like the pressure is off, and it's like a reset button on my Nintendo. I just feel good, right? Sometimes we need to learn to think, what am I becoming? Then we need to learn to think, what are my children becoming? When was the last time you thought about what you're becoming? I'm not talking about your job. Immediately we go to our labor. And labor and what our work and our worship is very important. Our work as worship is very important. But I'm just talking about ourselves, individual, our, our future, how we see ourselves, our identity. What are we becoming? Very, very important. Or someone else will tell you what you're becoming. I'm telling you. Someone else will tell you. I'm telling you. My wife will tell me. My wife will tell me. Number five, dads, you're doing good. I just want to tell you, sometimes we deal with failure as we end. Dads, I just want to encourage you. You're doing good. Keep up the good work. We love you. Many dads always feel like we're failing. We never say it, though. We won't say it to each other. Like, oh, think I'm good. Like, how are you doing? Good. How are you doing? Good. Right? Uh, if you go to church long enough, how are you doing? Blessed. How are you doing? Blessed. <laughs> right? It's very interesting. It's the same thing as saying I'm good. 
It's awesome when some guy, you're like, how are you doing? Just horrible, man. Just horrible. I've been drinking for days, right? This is not a good thing, but like this honesty, you're like, you're almost in shock that someone's real because we live in a very robotic world where everything's good, everything's all right, and we can't share. And in the church, if we are not real, then someone else will feel like I can't be real either. The worst thing that we could do as Christians is to fake each other out. Because if, 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 if he's like, oh, I'm good, John, then I'll feel like a little pressure. I better, I better be good. Randy, uh, you're good too, right? Okay, I, I better be good too, right? And then we start faking each other out and we say the word blessed instead of answering, man, there's a weight that I'm really struggling with. I'm struggling with addiction or pornography. My, my marriage is a wreck, but I don't want anyone to know. I, I can't even have anyone to pray for me because everyone's good. Everyone's good. I can't believe this. I wish one person I could be honest with, and I believe there's people in this room that feel this way, and we need each other to be honest with our struggle and tell our story. How can we be honest with God and then lie to one another in their face? I know, in culture, it's so okay to lie to each other's face, isn't it? But in the church of God and in our community, I hope that this is showing us this psalm of Solomon who had it all saying, man, I am so broken right now. I'm struggling. And we, in the same way, say, I, I'm struggling. And I call it the moment where the chubby guy takes his shirt off at the pool. It's the chubby guy's shirt off at the pool. When that chubby guy takes his shirt off at the pool, I say to myself, I could take my shirt off at the pool. He's chubbier than me, <laughs> right? So, and in that same way, I believe one person who takes their shirt off and say, man, this is who I am. I'm struggling. It allows other people to get free and to be honest. And in that way, I believe that's the beauty of the church. We need each other to be honest. And I believe that's beautiful. As we close today, I just want to say this. I hear people say, I can't wait till this, this, and the other thing. I can't wait till I make money. I can't wait till I buy a house or the car or the kids grow up or if the kids can talk. Then it's going to be good. Then I can start. We're always looking for the next. And when next comes, we're looking for the next, right? But what if the good stuff is happening right now and we're missing it because we're looking for the next? There's a scene in one of my favorite movies called Goodwill Hunting. And yes, it's rated R, right? And where Matt Damon and, and Robin Williams are sitting together in a counseling session, right? And, then, uh, and Will and Sean, right? And Sean, the counselor says, and this is just going to be a really strange ending to a sermon, but bear with me, all right? He says, my wife used to fart when she was nervous. I'm like, that's funny. She had all sorts of wonderful little idiosyncrasies. She used to fart in her sleep. I thought I'd share that with you. One night, it was so loud, it woke up the dog. She woke up the dog. And then she asked me, was that you? And I didn't have the heart to tell her. But Will... She's been dead two years, and that's the stuff I remember. Wonderful stuff, you know. Little things like that. Those are the things I miss the most, the little idiosyncrasies that only I know about. That's what made her my wife. Oh, she had the goods on me too. She knew all my little picadillos. People call these things imperfections, but they're not. That's the good stuff. Every time I watch that, I'm like, man, remember your moment. Because these little things that we might find annoying or weird or things that we think are minuscule and not important are the good stuff. We just can't see it because we're trying to move forward so quickly. And I know it's a weird way to end this. But all this to say is don't miss the good stuff. The inside jokes. The dancing with my daughter in the kitchen to Stevie Wonder, right? To superstition. The arguing over the World Cup, right? The tears you share. The Broncos versus the Raiders. The simple things of life. And as we close today in the song that Solomon wrote to express what matters, trust God to build your family. We are not the source. We're just the resource. Know your rhythms of life. And trust the Spirit of God to lead you. Trust the cross to forgive you. And trust God for your salvation from your past. And trust His salvation to build you into your future. Let's stand. Just bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this moment on this Father's Day. And I will, I will call out the beautiful single moms that have raised their children. The single dads that have raised their children. 
Lord God, and the guardians, the grandmothers, and the grandfathers, Lord God, the aunts and uncles, Lord. There's beautiful people in this room that have taken on many roles, Lord God. But I pray, I know the busyness of life is so busy, God, that we can miss out on the good stuff, God. And I pray in the name of Jesus, who am I becoming, God, is a very introspective yet important question. And who are they becoming, God? And if we don't like the answer, let us not continue down the race of life. Let us stop for a moment and let us anchor ourselves back into Christ. Let us ask for forgiveness, Lord God. Let us ask for joy, Lord God. Restore unto me the joy of salvation. Restore the spirit that I need to move forward with the right eyes in, the, in rest in you, God. I thank you for the fathers, the mothers, the aunts, uncles, brothers, and sisters. I thank you for your church, God. I pray for freedom. I pray for let us be real in our struggles and learn to tell our stories well. I love you. We thank you. And we celebrate our Father in heaven, Lord, who loves us, Lord God. And I pray that love would be exemplified today as your spirit gives us peace as we leave today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said... Amen. God bless you. Thank you for coming. If you need prayer, we're always up here. We love you. Enjoy today. God bless you guys.